0: Hello, you're listening to Peterborough Currents. I'm Aisha Barmania. In this episode, I am going to try and give you all of the information you need to make an informed decision when casting your vote for your local school board trustee. During every municipal election, eligible voters are able to vote for candidates running for municipal office. In the city of Peterborough, that means voting for the next mayor, voting for your city councillor, and it also means voting for your local school board trustee. Local media and voters tend to pay a lot of attention to the mayor and city council race, but especially this year, I've seen very little coverage for the school board trustees. And I wanted to help remedy that by giving you some information about uh, the school board itself and those people who are running or who have been acclaimed as school board trustees. So our school board is the Kawartha Pine Ridge District School Board, KPRDSB. And it covers an enormous area, almost 7,000 square kilometers, and it's responsible for the 90 plus English public schools that serve approximately 30,000 students. There are 10 elected trustees that represent different communities within the school board's geography. There are two elected trustees for the city of Peterborough and three for the county of Peterborough. One trustee for Cavan Monaghan, Duro Dummer, Autonomy South Monaghan one trustee for the Municipality of Trent Lakes, North Kawartha, Township of Selwyn, and one trustee for Asphodel-Norwood, belmont Methune, and Trent Hills. The other five elected officials represent communities outside the County of Peterborough, like Clarington, Coburg, Port Hope, Quinty, and others. In addition to the ten elected trustees, there are two student trustees, and one appointed trustee representing First Nations. This last position rotates between representatives selected from the three First Nations served by the KPR DSB. The next, appointed trustee for the, the next appointed trustee for First Nations will be from Alderville and has yet to be selected. The student trustees, on the other hand, are elected by a student leadership group with delegates from schools all over the region, and these student trustees serve a one-year term that's open for re-election. In this episode, you're going to hear interviews with the candidates for school board trustee for the city of Peterborough, the candidates who are running or have been acclaimed in the county of Peterborough, and interviews with the student trustees for the KPR DSB. But first, I want to talk a little bit about why I think people should care about electing school board officials, because... I remember the last time I voted and I had no idea who the candidates were and what they stood for. I was totally ignorant about the issues and I suspect a lot of voters out there might be in the same boat. So having done a bunch of research for this show, um, I came up with a couple reasons why I think you should care. Uh, The first reason is that the KPRDSB has a pretty enormous budget, just over $400 million. This is $50 million more than the city of Peterborough's total budget. And by total budget, I mean the operating budget plus the capital budget. While not all of this money is controlled by the Board of Trustees, um, most of it's already been earmarked by the Ministry of Education for salaries and other things, the Board of Trustees still provides governance and oversight, and they have control over a substantial sum of discretionary funding. As voters, we're electing officials who are responsible for this governance and it's important that we be able to stand by this decision. That is to say, as a voter, I don't want to be picking a name at random on the ballot when there's such a big sum of money that's on the line. The second reason, and I think it's more important, um, is that this enormous institution shapes the lives of young people in our community. The vast majority of these young people cannot vote. We as eligible voters are responsible for electing leadership that moulds children, teenagers and young adults in our community. And whether you're around kids very much or not, it's a big responsibility and we have to make a good decision in lieu of the fact that the people who are most affected by it don't really get a say. We as a community are entrusted with making the decision to vote in a responsible board of trustees. The third thing is that in recent memory, we've also seen many political attacks on education and labor in education. Most recently, we've seen Doug Ford's conservative government take action to repeal the revised health and physical education curriculum, the one with the revised sex ed, plus the curriculum to teach students about Indian residential schools. Even farther back, in recent memory, there was Dalton McGinty's Bill 150 to take teachers' right to collective bargaining away, which was later deemed illegal, but it was still a pretty oh, you know pretty horrible attack on the rights of teachers in this province furthermore there have been schools closing in the kpr dsb and funding cuts in the past 10 years the board isn't solely responsible for all these things but they're our way as a community to express our opinions on this the board is responsible for and they should be advocates for the improvement of education within the school board's geography we need to elect candidates who will be those advocates so, without further ado, let's get into some of the interviews. First up, we're going to hear from the four candidates running for two positions representing the City of Peterborough on the KPRDSB Board of Trustees. I asked each of them the same five questions and limited their time to 10 to 12 minutes. No one received the questions in advance. They will be presented here in alphabetical order by last name, starting with Wayne Bonner first, Dennis Hildebrand second, Rose Kitney third, and Steve Russell last. Can you start out by introducing yourself with your name and talk a bit about why you want to be a school board trustee? Sure.
1: Um,
2: My name is Wayne Bonner, and I'm currently a school board trustee. I'm running for re-election for the public school board. Um, And I've... uh, had an attraction or an affiliation, if you will, with education for a very long time. I taught for about 25 years at uh, Fleming College here in Peterborough and and also held a number of uh, positions in administration at the college over that time. Um, and education has always been critically important to me, important to me, important to my children and family. Um, and this is an opportunity to continue to participate in that, I think, and um, to be able to to hopefully um, provide again the best, the best opportunities that we can for our children. Um, it, it's probably more important today than it has ever been so mm-hmm.
0: And uh, should you be reelected, what would your top three priorities be?
2: top three. Um, I think um, first of all there's you know I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand the, the role of the trustee and, and the role of the trustee is actually very deeply defined uh, within the Education Act, but trustees certainly have plenty of flexibility. The first objective for me is is one of the ones that usually happens in the, the early months following an election, and it did the last time around, it will again this time, and that's the redevelopment of the strategic plan for the board, to be able to help set that direction as to where we're going and provide some guidance for the board throughout the, the coming years. And this past term, our, our, I, I think our strategic plan was very sound, I think it had uh, set out good priorities, but I think there's things that we can do to improve it um by more clearly stating some of those goals by assigning some expected outcomes to it that that become more tangible in 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 the measurables uh that we can then start to to target for within our board so i think that that's an important one because it helps set the the tone for um for the next three or four years the second priority for me is one that that became more and more evident over the past four years and that is To create a a much greater focus on the health and well-being for both our students and our staff you know the the physical and the mental health uh, issues need to be continued as a priority of the board we're seeing many many challenges in that regard and um, even though I think we've accomplished a lot in the past perhaps two years and in seeing um, a growth in in our responsibility and our role in that those challenges continue the stresses in the classroom for our students and our teachers is growing, and and I think there's many reasons for it, but those reasons are very complex. It's a very difficult thing to do, and mental health issues, as as being a part of that, are particularly increasing. Um, again, among both students and staff. So I think um, as a society, we've come an awfully long way in in recent years in in helping to beat back that whole fear of or the stigma associated with mental health and there's a greater openness to be able to discuss those issues and talk about them and I think those are the kinds of supports that, that we as a board can help to support and to bring forward um, when we're looking at provision of resources or, or allocations of, of, uh, of budgeted mon- monies. And then the third priority for me, um, I come from a business background and um, the third priority for me is the fiscal health of the board. Um, to ensure that we're doing the best that we can with the resources that were provided. So our our board, just as with every other board in the province, Uh, we receive our funding from the the provincial government. It is based on a a funding formula that they use to uh, allocate monies to school boards. And um, I will come back to that point because I think there's some problems with it. But within that, then it becomes the the responsibility of the Board of Trustees in working with staff to ensure that we're setting out a good budget and we're making the best use of those dollars that we possibly can in order to support the students. So within that, and I was mentioning before, it's based on a provincial funding formula. Within that, the province provides school boards with funding for, by way of example, for special education, and that money is... it's there we're committed to it we we must spend it on that particular area but because of the nature of the funding formula and the changes that we're seeing within the realm of of our students today there's an ever-increasing demand on special education so over the past several years working with my fellow trustees we've we've made the efforts to ensure that we have added additional funding to that particular area in order to make sure that we meet the needs that being said i'd been a strong advocate, and I will continue to be that strong advocate in, in pursuing the province to look at a review of the funding model. It's old, it's out of date, and it needs to change, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going hat in hand, you know, looking for more money and more money. It's about being able to um, ensure that, that the resources are being provided um, that satisfy the needs of, of individual boards and local boards. So here in Peterborough, you know, we have a significant need with regards to special education or other, other areas as well, and to be able to refine that, that funding formula so that boards are, in fact, getting the resources that they truly need in order to be able to, to fulfill the mandate that they've been provided. So those probably be the three big ones for me um, in, in moving forward.
0: Okay. And how do you understand the difference between issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How would you work with other trustees to balance these different interests?
2: um I think again, I think that's a bit of a challenge and and certainly for our school board um, it's it's we have representation both from a rural sense as well as an urban sense. So our school board stretches in the north in uh, to Apsley to the through norwood and and Campbellford out east as far as Brighton and slightly beyond. And then down through much stronger urban areas, you know, Port Hope Coburg, Bra- uh, Bowmanville, Clarington area, and then obviously the city of Peterborough. So we have a huge mix in, in that. And and that can be very, very challenging. And um, we've seen evidence of that in recent years. Um, during the past term of office, we were faced with the challenges of declining enrollment that caused for the board to be looking at, um, at that time, the potential closure for the high school in, in Lakefield. And, um, again, it's a struggle, you know, we're we're impacting a smaller community. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was about, for us, it, it had to be about what was best for the students. And when we saw that declining enrollment, getting to a point where it nearly became impossible to be able to provide adequate programming for those students, to give them adequate flexibility and options and electives that they could pursue, it made, the as, as challenging as the decision was, it made it that much easier for me. So the, the continual wrestling with how we deal with those situations is, is harder. Um, the, during this past term of office, the trustees that have represented those rural areas have been very strong advocates, obviously, for that, and they helped to bring clarification and, and, and certainly enlightened me and educated me along the way as well uh, about some of those issues. So for us, it, it has to be a balanced approach. And this again comes back to the intentions and, and the drivers that come from the province. We have one provincial funding formula that affects every school board in, in the province. And when I look at the differences, the obvious differences between a school board like Cortha uh, Pine Ridge, where we have that mix of rural and urban compared to a school board like the Toronto District School Board that do not you know, have the influencers of, of, uh, of uh, the rural aspects of it. There, um, there again is a need for some change, and and the government, for many years, for I'm sure lots of good reasons, have approached it with you know a single brush. This is the way things will work. This is the way things will be funded. Um, I I certainly continue to have hopes that you know we will we will be able to affect some changes, and that the attention can be paid to those uh, more rural areas and the smaller communities. I think schools become obviously critical to them. <clears throat>
0: Excuse me. Um, what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the 2015 sex ed curriculum? And what would you do if there were similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province during your next term?
2: Okay. Um, the, the government's decision to repeal the HPE curriculum, um, in my mind, was it was tragic. Um, I Our board did, in fact, respond to that in, in, in saying, in essence, that. But beyond that, individually I've been lobbying I've been working with local groups I've been having discussions with uh with other people in the community I've been reaching out to our local MPPs I've been reaching out to the cabinet ministers um, uh with great frustration by the way and I really didn't think it needed to happen that way I know that it was a promise of the government that they were going to be looking at this I know that it was a province a uh, promise of the government that they were going to pursue further consultation around this and and in my mind this could have happened a whole lot better they could have left the existing 2015 curriculum in place. They can go through that consultation process, and as a result of that consultation, if they find that there are adjustments or changes that needed to be effected, then that could be done. And and this has really just caused a lot of turmoil. It's not just about the HP&E curriculum as well. In in what we've seen from the the current Ontario government, um, we saw also the cancellation of. Uh, Curriculum updates that were to take place for the the First Nations uh, curriculum development project And that was cancelled literally on a moment's notice and has yet to be rescheduled Um, These are very frustrating times I think uh, and I don't believe that the the approaches of this government towards education and the impact that they're having on education and public education in our province have have ended. I think we're going to continue to have some struggles Um, and I'm generally not very shy about you know pursuing and lobbying for those things that I, I truly believe are right.
0: Okay, and um, you'll have about a minute to answer this question before we run out of time. Um, I'll do it my best. Okay, <laughs> what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
2: Um, I think the community, a community can play a, a very significant role. Um, as trustees, as I was saying before, our duties are bound in the Education Act very much so. But we also have our constituents that we have to represent. And, and being able to hear their voice, to be prepared to, to have those discussions, I think is criti- critically important. And um, But again, it's one piece of the puzzle. And and I think my respect for the teachers and the teaching profession, the curriculum development experts and what have you, it doesn't mean that it continually prevails. What it means is we need to build those better partnerships locally. And I think the local issues are the things where um, trustees can have one of the biggest impacts. So.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much.
2: Oh, you're welcome.
3: Okay, my name is Dennis Eldebrand, and I'm running for a school board trustee. Um, I mean, the, the big, probably the biggest reason why I want to do this is because my Recent and relevant experience with the system. I've got a 10, almost 11-year-old son, and uh, he was a part of that system for the majority of his young life so far. I had an opportunity to interact with teachers, interact with principals, superintendents, um, and you know that's uh, it's been a sort of a an eye-opening uh, experience. I'm always kind of amazed how much has changed in the education system since I was in it, and how much stayed the same. Um, there are big challenges now, there were big challenges then, but, uh, but for me, it's about, uh, bringing the the parents' voice, um, back to the table, um, getting the the, the parents involved again. Um, and, uh, that's why, you know, my email address is the parents trustee. Um, I am a parent and, uh, that's who I want to get engaged in the system.
0: Should you be elected, what would your top three priorities be?
3: Okay, so my top three priorities, obviously, first of all, is, is the parent's voice. Uh, you know, I thoroughly believe that parents are the best role models for their kids. Um, they're the ones who fund the system through their taxes. Um, they're the ones who engage with people at all levels of government, at all levels of the organization, of education. And, uh, and I think that uh, they're the ones who need to get their voices heard again. I also think that uh, my other priority, my next priority would be um, teachers. They need the resources that they need when they need them. And that's what equivocation means. They, they need those resources so they can get on with the business of education. And the third priority would be the, um, the administrators themselves. There has to be a level of accountability, a level of humility. Uh, with being a leader in education, and uh, their focus has to be squarely on safety in the schools.
0: How do you understand the difference of issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How will you work with other trustees to balance these different interests?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, in our province, uh, you know, it, it's still we have a huge urban-rural divide. Um, Ontario's kind of always been like that. Um, now, that being said, you know, we have 70% of our population of 13.5 million people living in our cities. So, um, there, there are big, there, there are more similarities, I think, than there are differences between the two. Um, everybody wants a safe school. Everybody wants a supported learning environment. They don't want schools that are crumbling down around their ears. Um, they want a public school system that is, Responsive and preparing kids for what they need to do um, now and in the future. So, I mean, those are the the similarities. But the biggest issue, and of course, between the two is safe transportation, um, especially in the rural areas, getting people around, um, accessing uh, those schools that um, are not neglected. You know, especially in the rural areas um, and in the, in our inner cities as well. So. Like I said, there's a lot of common ground there. Um, But I think that uh, when, when the rural and the urban groups combine, they make a powerful voice to government and school boards and all the rest of the various levels of the organization.
0: What was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the 2015 revised sex ed and health and PE curriculum? What will you do if there are similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province?
3: Well, I mean, I've, uh, I have spent the majority, the vast majority of my career so far working in um, the community. Um, I worked in community mental health. I was a strong advocate for the, um, against the government's uh, proposed idea of defunding um, vocational programs for persons living with disabilities. So I have a lot of experience working at the, both the provincial um, level and at the local level as well in the communities. So, I mean, my response would be to activate my advocacy, Um, you know, bring forward uh, the voices, the ideas, the empirical evidence that's needed to really make the best possible case to the government and challenge back anything that might be perceived as a threat to the way our community operates. Um, I think it's incumbent on us as trustees not to necessarily go looking for or entertain an adversarial relationship with the government, I think it it's, behooves us to work with government to understand where government's coming from because they do represent the will of the people. At the same time, uh, trustees are the best possible uh, advocates for their communities because they're the citizens who live, work, and breathe right in those communities. So we need to find that balance for sure.
0: And you've alluded to this a bit, but my question is uh, what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
3: Well, I think that in Ontario, I mean, we have such diverse communities. Um, communities are changing all the time. It's not just demographic. Ideas also shape and, and mold communities. And I, as ideas change, um, I think that, uh, you know, we, we have to find ways to, to be responsive to that. Um, our grassroots communities, the, the folks, and that's the reason why I really focus on parents, as being sort of that pivotal group in uh, in education, they're the ones who know what it is to, you know, maybe be food insecure or have a difficulty getting dental care for their child or, you know, have resources that they might be able to share with others. I mean, th- there's day-to-day issues um, that really mold the larger issues, the macro issues, um, so, I, yeah, I see a, there's a direct connection with what happens between, you know, getting your kid to school, feeding them, uh, you know, making sure the homework is done, all the way up to policy at the governmental level. It, there's, it's, it shapes everything is, is all interconnected, and I think that day-to-day activities shape what we need to do now and in the future.
0: Okay, um, those are all my questions, and we've got a bit of time left, so I'll give you um, about... 90 seconds, let's say, To um, if there's anything else you want to add uh, to be included in the interview?
3: Sure. I mean, it's, for me, it's uh, it, there's an exciting uh, part to all this, of course. Um, not only opportunity to represent the community as a trustee, but to be the parent's voice at the trustee table. Too many parents feel that education is a hands-off enterprise, and they should not feel that way. They need to be actively involved. They need to know how the system works. They need to know how the organization works and what their trustee can bring to them. And I'm not just representing parents. I want to work with teachers. I want to work with administrators. I want the entire team pulling together in order to deliver the best possible public school experience.
0: Great. Okay, well, thank you so much for making the time to to do this interview.
3: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
4: Right. So my name is Rose Kidney and um, I uh, currently sit as a school board trustee and I would like to uh, return in that position. I um, believe that uh, we are still, we still have a lot of work to do. You know, we're, we're on a good path and we need to continue. And um, there are many things that I would like to see accomplished over the next four years. And um, and I'm, you know, hoping I can contribute towards that. And, um, I, you know, I would just like to see that happen. I'd like to be part of that.
0: Do you want to talk a bit about your background here as well? Yes. So I've been on uh,
4: the school board since 2000, and um, I have a great deal of experience um, representing the city of Peterborough, obviously. And uh, I've worked with many families over those years, resolving various issues related to <clears throat> their education um a lot around um, transportation issues but also a lot around special needs um that's one of the areas that um, we hear about a lot um there's a lot to be a lot of work to be done in in that area we've come a long way over the years in uh, special education and um, um, I think that that's uh, uh, that's that's the type of area that requires disconsideration um, on a different level. I mean every student re- requires our best performance and our best input and the best education we can possibly provide them within the public education system but, um, the special education needs are are so diverse and different that they can't all fit into one package, right? So I feel that I've developed a, a relatively good understanding of that, how the processes work around um our, the the way we deliver education to our students uh, on a personal level i've worked in um the healthcare se- sector most of my life um i i'm currently a regional manager and have been a regional manager for you know more than a dozen years for a not for profit organization so that is my background
0: okay and um should you be reelected what would be your top 3 priorities for this coming term um, the
4: the, the um, I think that um, the first priority is to work with our new government. Um, we have a new government in place and we have to adv- continue to advocate and advocate very strongly on behalf of our students. Um, so a trustee needs to be able to speak up and speak out and be able to be that strong voice at the table. So that would be a priority for me, and to work with the government so that they, so that this government understands what's really important um, as far as education goes locally, and um, and we have to prove to the government that that needs, that needs to continue to be there. My second priority um, would actually be a little more localized, and that would be the new school that we're building in the city. Um, I would like to see that through to completion. I've been... Um, you know, on the ground floor with it, so to speak, all along, you know, speaking with members of the community, and I believe I understand, you know, what it is that they're looking for in a new school. And um, I would um, I would like to continue to be involved in that process and uh, to make sure that we have a school that the students in each city you know that would best serve the students in each city and best serve the community as well. Um, my um, my third um, objective is um, we have a few pilots going on in in our schools and it's um, it's around the math curriculum and currently we have um, a pilot, I'll refer to it, It's sorry, it's referred to as a scope and sequence pilot and we've seen some uh, very strong success with that. Initially that was in, um, you know, or currently it's in um, eight of our schools. It started in eight of our schools, it's currently in 16 of our schools and I want to see that in all of our schools. Um, and if I could give you a fourth priority, it would be to, you know, con- the, the, you know, the current topic of the day is, you know, the sex ed curriculum and to make sure that our government understands how important it is that we, that we move on with this and adopt the curriculum that we, the, the up-to-date curriculum instead of reverting back to the, 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 the old information that's been in place since 1998.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we'll come back to that. There's a question coming up about that. Um, okay. But before that, um, how do you understand the differences in the issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How will you work with other trustees to balance these different interests? Right. I mean, in a perfect
4: world, education would be the same at every school, right? We know that's not always the case. The resources are can be different depending on the... The, the numbers, um, but you want to make sure that as as much as you can, those resources are consistent across the board. Um, the biggest, one of the bigger challenges we have um, with our rural schools is the transportation piece. And, um, you know, you have to understand that um, distances of maybe 1.6 kilometers in, the, in an urban setting is very different from a distance of you know, 1.6 in a rural setting for little children walking to school. Um, having said that, it's not all about transportation. Of course, it's about the education piece, and I want to make sure that we, as much as possible, you know, maintain and you know, put in place programs that support the learning needs of all those children, whether they're urban or rural. You have to listen to to the um, the input. Um, coming from the the rural trustees or the trustees that that, uh, uh, represent the rural communities. And um, they know the needs better than anyone, and they're bringing the voice of their communities to the table. So that has to be um, considered, and it has to be respected. It doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to agree with it, but it certainly has to factor into um, whatever decision-making is going on at the table.
0: Okay. And what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the 2015 sex ed curriculum? And what will you do if there are similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province?
4: Uh, yes. Okay. So I certainly was, um, you know, very um, pleased that our board um, voiced very strongly our objection to the to that Um you know, again, I'm going back to that strong voice that we need to continue to advocate. So, when anything else similar to that comes along, or as devastating as that comes along, I mean, that has a huge impact. I mean, we've we've seen so much from from our from our our teachers, from other trustees. Like 27 boards across the province have have objected to uh, to the you know the um. The, the fact that the new sex ed curriculum has not been implemented, plus all the, the students that have raised their voice in protest, as well as our teachers. So we, we have to respect that. But I'm, I was also pleased to be part of that, that, you know, telling our government this is not right you know, you are making a mistake, right? We have to continue to be able to step up to the plate and do that and not be afraid to speak out. And we will see more. This government is looking for savings. And um, we have to be quick to get in there and make sure that they know that how important it is to keep certain things that that we have in place. Um, We also work very closely with our um, provincial organization, the Ontario Public School Boards Association, and they are a very strong voice for trustees. And um, I've always participated in, um, or are, Tried to participate in those discussions, and those they on our behalf will speak to the government as well. So um, trustees meet regularly with MPPs, at least annually, and and sometimes more than that if there's an issue, and uh, we, that needs to continue. And you, you know, trustees need individuals need to be that you know advocating continuously and keep keep up to date on everything that's coming coming um f- through from from the province but at the same time we have to have a good relationship with 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 uh, the with our province and with the the minister of education we, you know you we you can't go in there Uh, without um, some semblance of order and respect. You you know, you, you don't make as much progress that way, but you have to be able to speak up and let them know clearly what is wrong with the decisions that are being made.
0: Okay, and the last question for you is, what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education? Okay um
4: well I know that um you know there, you you will always have certain um groups that will always be in touch with with boards um and primarily parents for example school councils and any other groups that might be that may be interested um a lot of that sometimes is reactive uh, rather than an ongoing discussion, right? They're so reactive to any situation that might be arising. Um, I I do feel that the community... um, for the most part, they're, they're not always aware of the trustee role, and um, it's only when an issue arises, right? So our schools, uh, you know, for, in their newsletters to parents, in their communications to parents, they make sure that the trustees, the trustee representatives are indicated on any of that, so that parents have access to their, their representative, but also the community as a whole, they need to be telling the boards as well what it is that they expect. And that has happened over, in if I might say, over any city. Um, there was a, a very, um, you know, grassroots organization or not an organization, but group of young parents that actually approached the board six, five, six years ago in, in regards to what they would like to see um in that school, and that's the kind of example you want to see from the community. The community also needs to support the school by coming into the building and making use of the building when it's available. You know that schools are the heart of the community, right? And um, but you know, I um, I do think that education is the responsibility of everyone we want to we want students that are good citizens well-rounded and we want to be able to provide our students with the you know the best possible quality education that we can that is the most valuable gift that we can give our children
0: okay well thank you so much for for making the time to do this interview really appreciate it
4: you're welcome my pleasure
5: Well, my name is Steve Russell. I am a retired educator and a father and grandfather. I worked for the Kawartha Pine Ridge District School Board for a number of years. Um, Before coming to the Peterborough area, I grew up in Brampton and I worked eventually for the Peel District School Board. So I have seen two school boards from the inside as an employee. While I was at the Kawartha Pine Ridge Board, I was uh, head of the integrated arts program at pcbs and then i worked as a, the arts consultant for the board for a number of years and then uh, returned to pcbs for those uh, unfortunate years when it was closed and transformed into pace and the integrated arts program was moved to thomas a stewart secondary school um, i've been the uh, president of the Council of Drama and Dance Educators of Ontario. I'm currently the chair and president of the Peterborough Theatre Guild. So I think that I have lots of experience that um, puts me in a good position to be very helpful as a school board trustee. I know the education system from the inside from a number of different angles from um, you know working inside the board office building and consulting with uh, principals, superintendents, and teachers, as well as all of the support staff, uh, I got a very good education in education by working inside the board office. And I think that matters a lot. That perspective is important. I also saw education from a provincial perspective as the head of a provincial subject council, but also working uh, as a curriculum writer for the Ministry of Education, as a resource developer for the Ministry of Education, traveling around the province doing presentations on behalf of the OSSTF, the Secondary School Teachers Federation, um, doing Pain to Pride and other workshops related to equity and social justice issues. Um, I've been on a number of committees for the union and so, All of that, I think, helps me to be in a good position to understand education and the impact that trustee decisions might have on the day-to-day classroom. I don't know if that answers your question. I hope so.
0: No, I think that was great. Um, What are your top three priorities if you were elected to the school board?
5: Well, I think that uh, our board has done a pretty good job um, in terms of equity and social justice. that would be my top priority to maintain that Um, secondly I want to support all students and make sure that we have a diversity of programming throughout the board and I also think it's important to value the the education workers you know to support everybody from crossing guards and uh, superintendents, custodians, teachers, education assistants, child and youth workers, the women who work, usually it's women in the cafeterias and support students and are on the front lines working with uh, our students in the community. I think all of those support workers need help. Uh, They need the support of trustees who understand their importance within the system. Um, And it kind of jump over the second one, which would be um, a priority on the diversity of programming. I think that it's easy to focus in too narrowly on specific goals like literacy or math education, which are you know currently uh, a focus for the board. And while those are obviously very important, I think somebody has to keep an eye on the diversity of programming throughout the board, and I don't want to sacrifice that diversity of programming uh, in order to prioritize one area of study over another. And I think people like myself who understand the way the system works, um, you know, in terms of funding formulas and the application of, um, of that funding within secondary schools, for example. It's very easy to cancel a class in grade 12 physics because there are only 18 students in a high school that want that course, but for those 18 students, that is a vitally important course that uh, they really do need, and I hope that we don't ever get so constricted by our funding formulas and inflexible that we can't maintain those supports for all kinds of programming throughout the system.
0: Hmm. Um- my next question is: um, How do you understand the difference between challenges and successes for rural education and urban education, and how will you work with other trustees to balance these different interests?
3: Well, you know, if,
5: if I'm elected as a uh, one of the two trustees in Peterborough, looking out for the Peterborough schools, obviously um, I want to keep their issues and uh, keep them in the forefront of my thinking, but. It is one big board that encompasses both urban and rural schools. And I think that the trustees have to have a voice to speak to power, to speak to Queens Park and say, you know, where there are inadequacies in the funding formulas, we need to be the ones who understand the system well, are intimately familiar with it, and need to voice those concerns with factual information to the people who need to make the important funding decisions above our heads to support rural schools and small schools. Um, There can be small schools within an urban setting that also need support, and I think that the trustees at the board level really need to stay well-informed about the issues and the impact of of government decisions.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And and on that note, um, what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the 2015 sex ed curriculum? And what will you do if there are other similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province?
5: Well, as I said, I think trustees need to have a unified voice in opposition to actions that are taken that are harmful to students or harmful to the education system. I think that pulling back on that, curriculum document was uh, short-sighted and it was done for political gain by a particular party that wanted to rally parents who were not well informed about that document or what it meant to the school system. Um, I think that was a very bad decision. It was done for political reasons. My position is that we need to let the experts in education design the curriculum. and We need to keep the politicians out of it. And um, experts in education were consulted for the development of the so-called sex ed curriculum. It's actually a health and physical education curriculum um, with a component of sex ed. And we've all had sex ed in schools. I did when I was a little kid. I remember going to the gym and watching the movies and (laughs) calling that sex education. But times have changed. Kids are living in a different world. And to try to pull it back into the past and deny the work that's done by professional experts in child education, uh, child sexual education, and teachers who are in touch with students from a a broad range of cultures and backgrounds who understand what kids are contending with in their lives. Um, there was an extensive consultation process and we need to support that. Professionals in education, I, I was on a curriculum writing team. We consulted far and wide uh, in with health experts, with post-secondary institutions, with teacher and parent groups and um, we represented the, the broad geography of the province in those consultations and that process was followed for the development of that curriculum document. Uh, somebody simply found a way that they could capitalize on um, the attitudes of a small group of parents who weren't well informed about the importance of that document. So in the future, if governments interfere with the professional work within the education field, I think trustees are the frontline workers as elected representatives of the public who are well-informed about education. We need to be speaking to the politicians who are less well-informed and telling them that the impact of their actions is not welcome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
5: Well, um, Our kids grow up in the real world and, uh, you know, the community uh, should have input into the education system, but how do you define that community? Um, I remember in in KPR when um, our former director, Avis Glaze, was working on character education. She consulted with religious and community leaders from a broad spectrum to, you know, ask the question, what is character and how do we define it? Um, I, I think that kind of sought out community input from a broad range of stakeholders is important. Um, we have to take sight of the fact that we are educating young people who will go on to be employees in, in businesses and um, and educated citizens who are critical thinkers and able to make decisions like who to vote for in a public election in a democracy and uh, so there there needs to be lots of community input but again I, i default to the people who manage the education system who are its experts and professionals who take that community consultation into consideration and and do the best thing they can with the community input
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me about this.
5: Thank you very much.
0: Those are the candidates running for school board trustee in the city of Peterborough. Voters get to pick two of those four people to vote for. To get to know the rest of the school board, I wanted to include the trustees who have already been selected for the county of Peterborough. So that's what we'll be hearing next. For the municipality of Trent Lakes, North Kawartha Township of Selwyn, Diane Lloyd has already been acclaimed as a school board trustee. Being acclaimed, it just means that there is no contest for the number of positions available. In this case, there is one seat available and only one candidate filed nomination papers. In the absence of a competitor, Diane Lloyd has been acclaimed as the next school board trustee for the municipality of Trent Lakes, North Kawartha, Township of Selwyn. I asked her the same questions as the City of Peterborough candidates and here are her responses.
6: My name is Diane Lloyd. Uh, I've been a school board trustee for 18 years. Um, I really enjoy being on the school board. There's always lots of interesting projects. I'm a firm believer in the power of education and I believe that Our goal needs to be to ensure that every child has the opportunity to be the best that they can be, and I think that if we're able to achieve that goal someday, then the rest of the world's problems will probably take care of themselves.
0: Okay, and what are your top three priorities for this coming term?
6: The top three priorities? Well, we're building a new school in Peterborough, so I think that we need to get that finished it's it's um it's an environmentally friendly school it's it's different than most of the schools that we've built so I think it's important that we get that underway. There's been a few setbacks you know rules and regulations things that we have to um, look into before we can move ahead but that's a huge project for the board uh we've started some new programs we have a new program um It's called Scope and Sequence. It's actually a math program. We we picked up the idea from the Niagara region, and we're implementing that into our schools. It's a pilot project right now. We started with about eight schools. I think we have 16 schools now, and the results seem to be very good. And I'd certainly like to see that program in all of our schools and all of our elementary schools. Uh, Another priority, I think, for us right now, there's there's a new government in Ontario. Whenever there's a new government, it takes time for that new government to take a look at what's being done before they came along and what they will want to do as they move forward. So I think it will be um, a huge priority for us to help the new government understand why the things that we're doing are important and why they need to continue.
0: Okay, and... um... My next question is, how do you understand the difference between uh, issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How do you work with other trustees to balance these different interests?
6: We have rural and urban issues across the whole board. Uh, It's very difficult sometimes. We had a school closing in Lakefield um, a couple of years ago, and it's been very difficult for the community. You know, it's a smaller uh, community. It, lots of students live there, but a lot of them were coming into Peterborough for specialty programs, and it was very difficult to continue at the high school in Lakeville because you have to be able to put bodies in the seats in order to afford to provide the program that they need. You know, in order to do what they want to do in life. So, the rural issues. You know, I think busing is a huge issue for people that live in a rural area. Uh, getting Enough uh, variety of program into into our rural schools is always an issue it's hugely different you know we have to we have to balance the the needs of our students and their schools and the needs of those communities we have to understand how those communities are different and we have to take that into account when we're making decisions but it's not it's not an easy challenge I'll tell you that mm-hmm.
0: um And what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the revised 2015 health and physical education sex ed curriculum? And what will you do if there are similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province?
6: We receive uh, our instructions from the ministry on how we proceed in education. I was very disappointed when they decided to pull back the uh, health and sex education curriculum and replace it with the 1998 version. There's so many issues that are out there that students have to face right now that were not there in 1998. Um, there's so much technology that's available, so many dangers with that technology, and I think students need to be educated on what those tech, what those dangers are. We have problems now with, uh, with uh, texting among students or sexting, you might want to call it, and the children or students don't seem to know what's going to happen when they take these kind of pictures and what kind of problems it can cause them later. They don't understand all the dangers that, that can confront them on the web. Um, I think small children, you know, people were complaining because small children were learning the proper names of body parts. And uh, I think that a child needs to have the language to get help if they're, if they're in a difficult situation. We have to be more inclusive of different types of families that exist and that are more apparent in society than maybe they used to be. I think they were always there, but I think that now there's an acceptance in society of all kinds of families and different makeup, different, a different makeup of families, and we need to teach children about acceptance and about equity. Um, we also need to teach children about consent when it comes to some of the things they're facing on the internet and other places. There's just many, many issues why we need to update that curriculum. And the biggest one is it's 2018 and things are not the same as they were in
0: 1998. And and uh, did you take any action when uh, you heard about this uh, rollback? And
6: We wrote a letter and we, we, we strongly expressed um, what we felt was... Uh, was a need to keep the curriculum the way it was. I know after we did that, a number of other boards did the same thing. A lot of teachers have come on side. Um, I think the teachers' unions have come on side as well. Uh, different health units have come on side. I think people, society understands the need to change this curriculum, and I think for some parents, um, they didn't understand that need. And I think education to everyone about why this new curriculum is necessary is really important. And I think the people that you hear wanting us to not have the new curriculum are the ones that maybe haven't had time to learn exactly what it's about. Uh,
0: To follow up a little bit more, um, how do you approach the relationship with the province and how do you approach conversations about things that you might uh, disagree on? like this.
6: Well, I, I think number 1 is respectfully. I mean, it's a new government and they and they, you know, they have been given the the votes to to look after the province for the next 4 years, so you have to respect that. And I think that we'd like to make good relationships with the people that we're going to be working with over the next 3 or 4 years. I think that's important and I guess we'll have to have a lot of hard conversations and and in the end we hope that Um, That we'll be able to convince them to see the importance of some of these issues and why they should leave them the way they
0: are. And my last question for you is what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
6: I think a huge role. Children don't just learn at school, they learn at home, they learn in clubs, they learn with their friends. Um, I think that it's important that the community, that parents, that we all work together to educate children. The most, you know, academic education, of course, is happening within a classroom. But um, I think it's vitally important that we all listen to each other and work together because, I mean, it's just too important not to.
0: Okay, well, um, there's a little bit t- of time left in terms of like the 10 to 12 minute uh, limit. I'll just open it up. Is, is there anything else you'd like to, to talk about?
6: I just really believe that education is the key to everything. You see a lot of world problems right now. We see problems in, in other countries where education hasn't been put front and center. And I think that if that goes on for too long and you have a society that hasn't been educated as well as they should be, there's all kinds of problems in helping people understand what needs to be done and why, and sometimes societies tend to move a little backward when education hasn't been kept front and center. So I hope that in Canada that's something that's very important to us. It's something that we do, and um, and I would you know I certainly think that a, a world goal of understanding the power of education would help everyone.
0: Okay, well, thanks very much. Yeah.
6: Okay, thank you. You're welcome.
0: That was Diane Lloyd, who is the acclaimed trustee for the municipality of Trent Lakes, North Corartha, Township of Selwyn. She is currently the chairperson of the board, and as of the time of this interview, she had not decided whether she would run for re-election as the chairperson of the board. Next up is an interview with Shirley Patterson, who is the acclaimed trustee for Asphodel Norwood, Havelock Belmont Methune, Trent Hills. Unlike the other interviews, this interview has been edited for length.
7: Um, my name is Shirley Patterson. I've been—I've uh, just finished, um, or will finish, as of December, uh, eight years uh, as a trustee. Mm-hmm.
0: Could you talk a bit about what's your uh, connection to? Uh, like education, like you, I think you mentioned that you raised seven kids. Um, could you t- yes, just talk about yes. um, your personal connection to, to education and why it's important for you to participate in this process?
7: Well, I guess having that many children, of course, you, you, you do get involved with them. Um, we lived 25 miles north of town, so no matter what was going on, I had to be a part of it. I had to get them there, so you drive them there, you you. Volunteer, And for a good many years uh, in elementary school, I was the, at that time, was called uh, Community School Association, the CSA. Uh, I've been a part of, I think, every program or every uh, community-sponsored uh, program, I think, that over the years that happened to be going on, uh, everything from the breakfast program to you uh, you guess it. Um, so always always trying to uh, be a benefit wherever I volunteered that might be you know um, beneficial to the kids in the community, certainly.
0: So what are your top three priorities um, for this coming term?
7: My priorities, I, I guess maybe I mulled over this because I am older, and, uh, and because of that, I thought perhaps I should give it up and let a younger person take over. But I, I have such a um, um, desire to see the Norwood, particularly the Norwood High School, because it has been um, such a um, concern uh, for our communities. Um, Norwood and Havelock. Um, Campbellford is a very sound high school, and as are the elementary schools as well. Walkworth and Hastings are are doing extremely well, and each of have seen some refreshing. Um, and, um, And, of course, that won't stop, and I'd like to see all of those things completed before I'm out of this position. Yes, so my term is to seek completion of those things, yes.
0: Okay. How do you mm-hmm. understand the difference between uh, issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How will you work with other trustees to balance these different interests?
7: Well, you know, that's one thing that I I have been um, very, very concerned about because even in our own board, we are such a large board, and uh, the more... Urban, of course, up uh, you know in the uh, Clarington area, along the shorelines of Lake Ontario and such like. Um, their issues are entirely, entirely different. When you come to the areas where I am, um, busing is a great concern. And uh, excuse me. And at one time, um, the thought was to bus um, our students, the little three-year-olds who. Turn four before the end of the year um ride the same bus of course as the uh, the eighteen year olds who are finishing high school and it's it's not um it's not healthy it's not mentally uh sound for kids to be on a bus for three hours in a day it's just not um a good sound healthy situation, and that was part and parcel of what I Kept uh, insisting on, just think about how far you, you're asking these children to get up and you know five four and five in the morning, to get on a bus by seven or sometimes even beforehand. My children, of course, were on the bus before seven. We lived at the mine north of Havlock, so I I know from experience that it does take a lot out of them physically. They're exhausted. Um, they're their uh, um, peers don't. Uh, oftentimes, the urban, the kids in the urban area don't understand how that could possibly be that you'd be exhausted just from writing. But it it does. It's it's uh, it's the hours. It's the time. It's a uh, it's just um, a different um, sort of experience. I think that uh, little ones. If we can find an easier way for them and a healthier way for them to to um, get their education, it's more more far more important than uh, than being uh, you know top of the world in in many other areas. But uh, it's just so important that our rural kids have the same opportunities as as the uh, urban kids do. And of course, sometimes that's not possible. Uh, the the uh, board do uh, bend over backwards to try and and make it possible for those who are anxious to get into programs that that are not available in the smaller schools we We do bust those kids into uh, into the city to get the programs that they that they need that are necessary for their future. so yes, it's um there are differences certainly. Many, for that matter, but um, I think uh, seeing that the kids get a, a good, healthy start in life is, is is most important. And certainly, seeing that they have healthy uh, meals and uh, healthy uh, exercise programs, and, and just try and delete this uh, terrible amount of of diabetes that seems to be rampant in a lot of areas. Um, we and we don't need. The pressures, of course, of um, of drugs and and um, some of of the uh, internet um, uh, garbage. <laughs> Don't know how else to even say, but it is garbage. It, it's having a terrible effect on on an awful lot of kids, and uh, and certainly we've seen the results of that in suicide, and that's uh, it's a terrible, grievous thing to to think that it it could happen, but it has. And so um, we do what we can to try and find some measures to eradicate that as well. I don't know what else to tell you there. <laughs>
0: um, what was your response I to the tell. provincial bill to repeal the revised 2015 sex ed and health and physical education curriculum? What will you do if there are similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province?
7: Well, you know, I... I'm I'm from I guess because my age I am from the old school. Uh, so some of of the um methods of teaching sex education I think are absolutely wonderful. But others uh need a little uh tuning I guess to say. But um I think it's necessary that there be a sex education. How that is uh, programmed would be certainly uh, part and parcel, I guess, of the administration to give us a, a, a sound idea of how that can be brought to the children. Um, and, and I'm concerned, I, I know several teachers who, who are finding that it's, um, it's rather difficult to um, go backwards, of course it was difficult i think in in many respects difficult to um to take on teaching a a program of sex education um it's it's a very personal thing and uh, i think that difficulty of course i think has been somewhat um uh, eradicated but there's there's always going to be i think some concerned about how it's taught and what is taught um, and, and who it's taught to. Now, I've heard other parents who are concerned about how early uh, the children are being taught. Um, and I think if, if uh, parents and teachers, of course parents mostly, if parents were aware that um, it's, it's very simplistic, um uh, in uh, in say in, in kindergarten or junior kindergarten very 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 uh, uh simplistic i can't think of another word that would would actually describe it but um uh, so that they're learning the proper names of their body parts and that sort of thing that's that's good that's good um but there are those as you get up into um and in, into the later uh, years, uh, say grade six and up. Um, I've had parents who are really concerned about how that's uh, brought forward, and some of the some of the um, issues that go along with uh, maturity, and and so on. Yeah, there's 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 a's and a's to to all of this, I believe, and it needs to be there, but perhaps it's not the worst thing in the world to to have it um, sort of revamped. Hmm. I hear that from the parents. They believe a good many that if it were revamped and, and, and taught in, uh, in France as uh, wow. a different method, maybe that's all it would be. Who hmm. knows? I don't, I'm certainly not a any kind of a professional at this sort of thing, but um, I do know I raised seven kids and they're all quite sound hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yes and and of course um I, as a mother i I wanted them to be aware of what's out there in the world and and certainly i these parents do too um a good many are are very um open about it and um uh, and uh, and and never and rightly so, it's their children and it's their future. Mm-hmm. And we have to really be concerned about um, how we and what we teach them, of course, and trying to satisfy parents uh, and the community as well.
0: It's not the easiest
7: job in the world. Yeah. Certainly, it's a little difficult here and there.
0: <laughs> and and yeah. kind of building on that, um, one of my mm-hmm. last questions is: What role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
7: I wish I wish they had more. To be very honest with you, um, I again I'm eighty-one, so I have um, you know been around with schools and and, and with a large family. You you uh, you learn to be a community educator as well. Um, I, I do wish that, for instance even, say, the sex education, I wish that there was a way uh, of bringing that to the community without shocking everyone. You know, there's no need, I don't think, to shock everyone, but there's a, a need that they know. Um, at least um, uh, I, I get a sense of of how... Um, how beneficial, I guess, would be the word. This would be for those who are really having difficulty, and uh, and certainly we we know that kids are a little more astute at these days than they were in back in my day. Um, I lived on a farm, and sex was it was it was it was what it was. The, the animals, you know. <laughs> multiplied and so you just you never thought of it it was just part of our life but um and certainly things do change over the years the saddest thing in the world is that um that the love and concern of the other person has kind of gone in the wind uh it's you know it's and 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 you can scratch this if you like but I, i really believe that um uh, there's there's a need to be more concerned about the moral quality of the sex education. And I'm just going to leave it at that, okay. I think.
0: That was Shirley Patterson, the acclaimed trustee for Asphodel Norwood, Havelock Belmont, Methune, Trent Hills. Next up, we're going to hear from the candidate running in Cavan Monaghan, Duro Dummer, Atana South Monaghan, whose name is Angela Lloyd. When voters in this area go to vote, it's going to be a little bit more complicated than the other places because they'll see two names on the ballot, but only one person wants the job. Um, Angela Lloyd and Julie Chatton filed nomination papers, but Julie Chatton has dropped out of the race and declared that she no longer wants to be the school board trustee. However, since she filed nomination papers, both names will appear on the ballot. Um, And this means that Angela Lloyd is not acclaimed like the other trustees in the county of Peterborough. She still needs to be elected, but the other person on the ballot doesn't want the job. So while it's not 100% certain that Angela Lloyd will become the school board trustee, she is the only candidate who wants it. Anyway, here is my interview with Angela Lloyd.
8: I'm Angela Lloyd, and I've had the privilege and honor of being a school board trustee, and I'm once again seeking to continue on with this position. I feel extremely passionately about a strong public education system, which is served by people that know their communities well, and know the needs of the students in our areas, and believe that every student can succeed with the tools that they need. I understand that our communities are very different from rural, from urban communities like Toronto and while the funding formula is the same throughout the province, the needs are very different and how that is allocated throughout also changes. Our students need access to programs that will provide them with jobs in our area which may be very different as well as the skills of today are constantly changing. We need to have students that are valued in in every aspect. It's not just whether they want to continue on into post-secondary in an academic, but our skills are ultimately important. All of our students need to have great reading, writing, math, and basics, but we also have to inspire their passion as they move into secondary and allow them to continue on into what they see as being successful. That's whether it's the arts, The sciences, the trades, everyone needs to be valued for what their skills are and be provided with those opportunities to seek that.
0: Okay, and what are your top three priorities for the coming uh, term as school board trustee?
8: I have been a trustee and realized that we are governed by the province of the day. And the focus that comes from the province can be very different with a different government. At this point, we're going to have to work with the current government to ensure that they understand and we can advocate for the needs of the student in public education. And that can be challenging at times.
0: Uh, so that was top three. Um, do you want to okay. talk a bit more? Or give, maybe give you on- two more?
8: Absolutely. (laughs) We know that we need to improve all of our students' skill set and we need to work on the basic skills but we also need to work on continuing to value all the facets of public education so that our students don't feel that they can't succeed because the most important thing is ensuring that our students feel valued, safe and inclusive as the province is doing some of the changes, it's also important that we try to ensure that parents and the community understand the need of education today because it has changed ever so much. When I look at our students, we need to understand and have people understand that everybody has place and everybody needs to feel safe, secure, and successful.
0: Okay. And how do you understand the difference between issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How you work with other trustees to balance these different interests?
8: The most valuable part of having trustees for many walks of life are the different perspectives that we bring to the table. In that, the rural needs are very different from the urban needs. We have areas where we have a higher need of a uh, people that have moved in that need to have English as a second language. And then we have rural schools that are much smaller schools and may have different needs because of socioeconomic conditions. So it's valuing and understanding what those needs are and ensuring that those discussions happen at the table so that decisions that affect all of our students meet their needs. We have some small schools and we have other schools Particularly, I, we have an area which seems like a very small rural area, but is growing very quickly. Now we have a school of over five hundred students, so we have to look at the pressures that are happening there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the twenty fifteen sex ed curriculum, or the health and education curriculum, or sorry, health and physical education curriculum? And what will you do if there are similar drastic legislation? Le- legislative changes coming down from the province.
8: The most important people is thing that I believe is for people to understand what the implications are of actions of the government. In the past, we've seen cuts to special education. I was totally against the repeal because the needs of our students today are so very different and how parents communicate and some of the things they may not understand. A, the effects of social media. Students are all provided with cell phones in many cases by their parents and families, but not often do does everybody understand what apps the students may be on or the effects of what's happening with students having that technology and not fully understanding the implications of the Internet. So it's not to be afraid, but to be educated. And again, every student needs to be valued for who they are, and we need to be able to speak up to ensure that that is very much included in the curriculum and in all the discussions and that teachers have the ability to feel safe when discussing this with students and students have the confidence that they can talk to teachers or anybody else in the building about what is concerning to them.
0: Mm -hmm. And and what action did you take uh, about this repeal and, and how do you approach that relationship with the province?
8: It's been a little challenging because we have a province with a lot of new members that don't necessarily have a strong understanding of all of what's happening within the system. So as an individual it is continuing to participate in the consultation and also to continue to educate people to help them make sure that their voice is known. If it's a public consultation people need to understand what it is they're want to say and what it means to their children in the school system. As a part of the Ontario Public School Boards Association, we have written letters and we're trying to work positively to build up the relationships so that we can have a positive influence on what's happening in the directions from the province.
0: And what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
8: The community at large needs to value the fact that public school board trustees are their voice. Without public school board trustees, decisions made in Toronto are going to be swathed across the province and that's not necessarily going to respect the local needs. So as trustees, we are the ones that can work together to ensure that our needs are being met and our students' needs are being met the programs are here that address our students' needs.
0: Okay, so those were all of my, my five questions, but uh, we have a little bit of time left in terms of that 10- to 12-minute range. Um, yep. So I'll just open it up. Do you, Is there anything you'd like to, to talk about or add to the conversation?
8: Public education is the oldest form of democracy, and oftentimes municipalities and people within don't, really get as involved unless there is a crisis in their area which in many cases was closing of schools. While school board trustees don't tax, everyone does pay public education tax and the values of having a strong public education system that meets the needs to provide students with opportunities so that they can continue to stay in their own communities with jobs, that they can continue to flourish and be the leaders of tomorrow, Is absolutely critical. Reflecting across our student voice, which we bring to the table, which is also a very strong point in ensuring that what trustees do and being policy makers, the students are the ones that live with that and hearing from them both the implications and what they see missing helps shape a very strong public education system. We have at KPR, two student trustees, and their voice and what they have done has been exceptional in helping us understand and helping us make excellent decisions that affect them. There's nothing more important than being able to continue on to meet the needs of today, to try and allow all of the opportunities and see the successes of our students. When we are able to see students graduate and then very much go back into their own communities, whether it is even as a political end of it, with the understanding of what they gained in the public education system.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for for talking to me about this. Um, well, I- thank you. <laughs> To round out the program on the school board trustees, I also wanted to call up the board members who aren't elected during the municipal election. That is the appointed trustee representing First Nations in the KPR DSB and the student trustees. The current First Nations trustee is Mary Lynch Taylor from Curve Lake First Nation. Her term ends at the end of November, and for this reason, she declined to be interviewed. And as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, uh, this position of appointed trustee representing First Nations Will rotate to an appointed member from Alderville First Nation. This person has yet to be selected. The other two people who sit on the board are student trustees. Student trustees for Kawartha Pine Ridge are elected every spring by student delegates that form the Student Leadership Group. The student trustees serve a one year term and are able to advise the Board of Trustees on student perspectives. These student trustees are open to being contacted by students in the Kwartha Pine Ridges schools and um, they're able to pass that feedback on to uh, the board of trustees I wanted to call up the two student trustees Aidan Hussey and Lindsay Keane to ask them about their positions
1: Yeah, my name is uh, Aidan Hussey. I'm a grade 11 student at uh, East Northumberland Secondary School, and I decided to run for uh, student trustee because my principal thought that uh, it was a it was a wonderful position for students to get involved, not only uh, within their school, but in the school board, and to make a difference, to advocate uh, for all 32,000 students in the 4th of Pine Ridge District School Board. So I decided to run because I felt like I had the opportunity to represent all students, and... Um, I think that it's a wonderful opportunity uh, simply because there are so many great students uh, in the, Court, the Pine Woods District School Board that want to make a difference, um, that uh, feel like they have wonderful ideas. So if I have the, uh, the opportunity to take those ideas and bring them to the board table, suggest them, and see if we can make a difference, um, then I am all for that. Um, you know, in the end, an education system isn't an education system without its students. So I think that it is vital that the students' voices are heard
0: hmm. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, did your term start um, uh, your term as student trustee? Did that start uh, at, at the same time as your school term? So in September?
1: Uh, no, it started August 1st,
0: August 1st. Okay. Um, what's it been like sitting at the uh, at the board meeting so far?
1: I had my first board meeting on uh, September 27th, I believe. Yeah, September 27th, and you know it was it was really nice to be sitting with all the uh, with all the adult trustees. Um, you know, they're all very professional. They all have wonderful things to say about the students and the staff um, across the board. Um, you know, it was a little nerve-wracking because it was my first one. But uh, all that aside, it was a wonderful experience. Um, I don't think that uh, everyone sometimes realizes how much work the trustees actually put in because they haven't been fully educated on how a board runs, et cetera. So, you know, a job of a student, tru- uh, of a student trustee is to be able to uh, give the students uh, the chance to understand how a board runs, what a trustee actually is, what a trustee actually does. And, you know, since there's one in every area, um, for instance, the one in area is Cindy Dixon, um, she is able to... The students in my area are able to think about okay. If I have a problem, I can go to Aiden Hussey or I can go to Cindy Dixon, um, and and that's that's vital for a student to feel as if they can talk to someone other than just a teacher.
0: Hmm. And uh, coming into your your term in August, what what are your top three priorities that you want to work on during the during your board term?
1: Um. My my number one priority is, I believe, that student involvement. Um, Is equal student success. And so I feel like if a student is involved within the school, um, then they will feel more at home. Uh, they will feel like they are making a bigger difference than just the school, and uh, they won't feel as if they're just coming to school and, oh, it's another day of work. They're going to feel as if, okay, I have a chance to make a difference um, in those around me. Uh, the second one is mental health advocacy. I believe that mental health affects us all, and if we can advocate for the students, make sure that there are enough resources for them to go to someone uh, if they are in need, um, then that's, uh, that's very important. Um, my other one is just to continue to uh, talk about EQAO and standardized testing. Um, I feel like it is vital that students um, are fully prepared for those tests since they are so important uh, for their future, um, especially the, liter- of the literacy test. So I feel like uh, making sure that uh, they have all uh, all the required resources that teachers are giving to them uh, down, uh, that's very important.
0: Okay, and... Um... Is yours, would you characterize your school as a rural or an urban school? Just as a preamble sure. to my next question. the, the school East Northumberland? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's definitely rural. Yeah, okay. we're, uh, the, we're the farthest east school and we're in a little, little small town. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, how do you understand the difference between the issues facing rural schools and urban schools? How do you kind of work with the other trustees to balance these different interests?
1: Well, I feel, um, you know, there's pros and cons uh, for being a rural school and an urban school. You know, for instance, uh, being a rural school um, for Terry Fox fundraising, um, it's a lot easier because, uh, you know, in Clarington, there's multiple, multiple schools. In Toronto, there's multiple, multiple schools. So, you know, people are getting asked again and again and again um, about Terry Fox fundraising. So at some point. You know, the average citizen just needs to say, okay, I've already donated. Um, but here in Brighton, um, almost everyone is covered and um, it's just going straight to East Northumberland. Um, on the other hand, we do have to travel a little bit farther for uh, sporting uh, events and uh, and other things like that. So busing costs are slightly higher. Um, we pull from a very, very wide range to our school. Um, so, you know, that's a bit of a con when it comes to busing costs. Um, I believe that... At times, uh, you know, teachers may have to travel slightly farther, although at East Northumberland, we are, we are lucky to have most of the students in the area, whereas in Clarington, you know, more, more teachers might be local or some might be traveling a distance as well. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's great that in KPR, we run something like the student leadership group. Uh, where uh, student leaders from all different types of schools get to get together and they get to talk about what works well in their school and what works doesn't what doesn't work well. So you can hear from an urban school and a rural school about how they how what works well and what what doesn't work well. And if you hear something that works really well in the urban school, the rural school can try that. Um, and if they hear you know the rural school um, is struggling with this. Um, or they might be doing something amazing, vice versa. They can improve on what's going on within their school based on what is working and isn't working for the other schools.
0: Okay. Um, my next question that I'm asking all, the, all of the candidates and all the trustees is um, what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the 2015 uh, sex ed or health and physical education curriculum? And what will you do if there are similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province?
1: You know, I believe that uh, through all the consultations, uh, we need the provincial government to consult the students too. I think that the students' voice needs to be heard um, through this uh, through this issue. Um, you know, I, I think since we are growing as a society, um, we are moving forward um, from uh, from what they are talking about, bringing it back to the uh, 96, 96, Correct? The ninety six curriculum is I, that the year? I believe
0: it's ninety eight, but
1: yeah. 98? Okay, sorry. I um, okay. apologize. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I feel like we have developed um, a, a large amount since then. So I feel like if you can connect and consult with the students of today's day and age, and if the province hears what we have to say, um, then I feel like the right decision uh, will be made.
0: Okay. And what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
1: I think it plays a massive amount. Um I think the community um, is vital for, for a school to run. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times there are events where the community is invited to come and see what is going on. Um, a lot of donations are made by the community. Um, and, and furthermore, parents of students play a massive role in how their student is brought up. Um, what their student does at the school how much they get involved and they are a part of the community so i feel like how is a, how a community runs is uh, how a community runs is is based is it sh- it shows through how the school runs and if a community is is you know uplifting involved then i think the school is going to be uplifting and involved because those are how they're sh- how their kids are going to be brought up and those kids are going to be students at that school. So um, I'm glad that you asked that question. That's a really good question because I think that the community and the school are a great tie and are very, very important.
0: Okay. Those are all the questions that I asked everyone. I just wanted to to add one more. Um, Do you think that uh, the the current system for, um, you know, governance and leadership, do you think, that takes into account student perspectives enough? Or to phrase that in a more grammatically correct way, do you think the current model of governance takes into account student perspectives?
1: Um, You know, I do think uh, that it does. Mm -hmm. I think having the uh, student trustee role um, within the uh, school boards now uh, being mandatory um, is is amazing and even further having an organization like osta ECO, which is the Ontario student Trustees Association, and how they can have many consultations uh, with the uh, with the uh, at the provincial level, I think that our voice is starting to be heard even more uh, than it ever has been in the past, so I think that that is amazing. Uh, in itself and I feel like you know now with the uh, with the new civics class I know it's been around for a couple of years, but relatively speaking uh, Students are learning more about how their government works um, and with the municipal elections um, The civics class for the first semester is, is is massive right now Kids are learning a lot about how they need to be promoting Voting because voting is an amazing right that has taken place in this country and so with that they're growing up and becoming modeled uh, citizens in Canada, and hopefully they will they will vote and um, not necessarily get involved with politics, but be involved with how our country runs. So I I do think that students are playing um, a great part in uh, in the in the government aspect of things here in Canada.
0: Great. Well, um, that's it for the interview. Um, thanks awesome. so much for doing this.
9: Sure. So my name is Lindsay Keene. I'm student trustee for the Kawartha Pine Ridge District School Board. This is actually my second term, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, another thing that I do with student trustee um, is I've been elected to the provincial uh, jurisdiction of student trustees, so the Ontario Student Trustees Association, and I serve as their public affairs coordinator, which is another facet of the position. Um, I've always been an advocate for student voice, student involvement, student leadership. Um, From a really young age, I've always loved to get involved, and after... Being on student councils and student governments for what seemed like forever, it felt like in the grade my grade ten year the first time I ran for student trustee, it felt like it was the next logical step um, and I've loved the position ever since. I think it's fantastic to have you know to share the student voice at the board table where you know one of the most important places you know
0: hmm, and your term um started in at the beginning of August. Um, what are your top three priorities uh, coming into this, uh, this one-year term that you're serving now?
9: Coming into this term, my top three priorities, one of them was to improve mental well-being strategies and approaches in schools, something that I had noticed as, as a student with my own well-being and with the well-being of my peers is that there always seemed to be a disconnect. You know, like you heard that students weren't getting the mental health resources they needed and you heard that there was, they needed more, but there was some sort of, you know, break between what they needed and what they were getting. And I wanted to work with Aiden on how we would be, Making sure that students were getting the resources they needed. Maybe it was branching out and working with the board or even working with third party and third parties and finding resources that we could use that would encourage students to be able to talk and be open and feel comfortable with their mental health and making sure that they had people to consult about that. Um, Another priority was working to improve the awareness of the student trustee position and its policy within KPR. Um, So it's not mandated in KPR policy that student trustees have a two year term. it's just kind of the luck of the election. You you go with it and you see what happens. Some boards, however, do have a staggered two-term policy and the ministry is actually encouraging it in its um, current student trustee legislation. Um, so one of the things I wanted to do this year is to be able to work with the board on if we could possibly develop more legislation and policy towards having a staggered two-term policy. It's so much better to be able to have the extra time to really flesh out your initiatives that you want to do and really be able to figure out what you want to do with your position. Because if you just have the year, it's not a lot of time to grow and to learn. It's very much a transition period. So that was another thing. Um, And my final priority was with the provincial aspect um, off to ACO. Um, I wanted to be able to work with them on this provincial level as we work with the new provincial government to ensure that student voice is being heard, not only at the board table, but provincially when we have new legislation that's being passed and new curriculum changes and making sure that the voice is heard there as well.
0: Um, just to clarify one thing, uh, could you talk a bit about what a staggered two-term policy would mean? How would that work?
9: Yeah, absolutely. So um, mo- so boards either have a one-year policy, which is you get elected in March uh, and then your term begins in August. And then your student trustee from August 1st until um, July 31st. Um, but a staggered two-term policy means that you're elected in your grade tenure um, and then you serve a student trustee for two years, and that way you only do one election. But every student trustee serves two years, but you have that constant flow, um, so you'll have a junior student trustee and a senior student trustee, so you have that consistent mentorship between the two, but you're also getting enough time for the student trustee to learn and really develop their position.
0: Okay, great. Um- and just as a preamble to the next question I'm going to ask, um, the school that you go to now, would you characterize it as a rural or urban environment?
9: I would classify it as an urban school. Okay.
0: Um, how do you understand the difference between the issues facing rural schools and urban schools? And how do you work with the other trustees to balance these different interests?
9: So our board covers a really big, you know, a geographically diverse jurisdiction. So we find that we have some centers that are very urban and we also cover some more rural areas. Um, I think that our board does a very good job at being able to regulate those too. Um, But something that we see not only within schools like the school board itself, but across the province is that there is a difference between programming in urban schools and programming in rural schools. And most of that is simply because of population. And, you know, sometimes there's only so much you can do, but we see that there often is the benefit of going to an urban school because there are more students. So we see more specialized programs, especially getting into the senior years that students can take because they're available to them. But, you know, when you have a rural school, you're less likely to really get into those specialized programs. A lot of sciences um, and arts get, you know, mashed in together. They get split grades because there just aren't enough people to have the single grade class. Um, So we see that a lot. Um, That's a really big difference between the two schools.
0: Mm -hmm. And um Next question is, what was your response to the provincial bill to repeal the revised 2015 health and physical education curriculum, the sex ed curriculum? And what will you do if there are similar drastic legislative changes coming down from the province during your term?
9: Um, So that um, the change came in we were all expecting it i you know when doug ford had released his platform it was something that he had pledged to so when i was working with off the echo um we were very careful and we made sure that we were going to be following up on what was happening we had been monitoring what was going on and so mainly with the curriculum it's the consultations that have just been released and my main priority right now, along with, um, off to and the board is to make sure that student voice is being heard. Um, that's the one thing that we can do and that we can advocate for is that no matter what the ministry of education is planning, we have to make sure that the student voice is heard there because students are the biggest stakeholders in education and there's, there's no dancing around that. Um, and if, you do these consultations on changing the education system, and you don't include the student voice, then you're not really getting an accurate and, you know, you're not getting the voice that you need to make these changes. So my biggest thing is making sure that student voice is heard there.
0: Okay. And um, what role do you think the community at large plays in shaping education?
9: I think the community has a really strong voice in education, whether it's through parent councils, whether it's through um, uh, the board table even we have lots of people um, on the board whether it's a superintendent or a trustee even board office employees whose children have gone through the education system, the public education system um, even in KPR we have employees trustees at KPR who have been in that school system as well when they were going through public education so I think we have that input pretty much ingrained in just about everything that we do.
0: Great. Those are all my questions, but we still have a little bit more time to talk. Uh, So I'll just open it up. Is there anything else you want to share in this interview or any issues of education you want to talk about?
9: I think mainly I just wanted to talk about the fact that I think student voice is so important to be heard. Um, And I think that no matter what happens, there's never enough uh, student voice. Um, I think one of the biggest things is to make sure that with trustees, with our superintendents, with teachers, with administration, with the ministry, we remember that students are the reason that the education system exists and they're the biggest priority and everything we do at the school board is for the students. Um, I think that no matter what happens, I don't think I could ever say that there's too much student voice or there's too much student input. I think that I'm so very lucky and grateful to be in a province where we have a position like the student trustee and be able to advocate at the board level for the student voice. And I hope some, like, stuff like the student trustee expands across the country and we make sure that student voice is really being heard in every facet of education.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks so much for uh, for making the time to talk to me, Lindsay. Well, thanks so much for reaching out. Those were the student trustees Aidan Hussey and Lindsay Keen. That's it for Peterborough Currents this week. If you'd like information on when, where, and how to vote, please head over to www.peterboroughvotes.ca. Advanced polls are now open, and the last day to cast your ballot is October 22nd, 2018. So get out there and make an informed decision. This episode was produced by me, Aisha Barania. Many thanks to John Whalen for composing this original music for the show. In case you missed it, we also posted an episode a few days ago about the candidates running for Peterborough's next mayor. Find that on our website at peterboroughcurrents.ptbopodcasters.ca. You can also get updates on what we're working on and new episodes by subscribing to the show as a podcast or liking us through social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook. We've also got an email newsletter if you prefer uh, updates right in your email inbox. Um, You can check that out on our website. Thanks very much for listening, and I hope you get out there and vote.